Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright. This is the video teaching series, Our Motives from God's Perspective. This particular series is part one. There will be other parts of the series, and this is lesson number six of part one of the series, God's, Our Motives from God's Perspective. This, this lesson, we need to talk about the fact that the Lord has made it very clear that he will not share his glory with another. When men glory in their acts and accomplishments, they are seeking for the praises of men. John chapter 12, verse 42 says it this way, Neither, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, speaking of Jesus, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. <laughs> that is, that's not tiptoeing around it, is it? That's calling it exactly what it is, just like it is. But here, here's the, the perplexing thing. Among the chief rulers. Now, I'm imagining or understanding that this chief rulers is not chief rulers of the temple, but the chief rulers of the, the, the society of the Jews, the people that were the, the, the leaders of the Jews from a governmental standpoint, from an oversight standpoint of the day-to-day lives of the Jews. There were some of them, chief rulers of the Jews, that believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, in the last lesson we talked all about the Pharisees, about their wrong motives, which Jesus identified as hypocrisy, and about the leaven of the Pharisees and the effect it can have if we leave leaven of wrong motives in us. And these chief rulers feared the Pharisees more than they believed in Jesus because they were afraid they would be put out of the synagogue, disfellowship. And Jesus said what the, re- the motive was, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. The New American Standard Version says, for they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. Oh, my. Amplified Version, the Classic Edition says, For they love the approval and praise and the glory that come from men instead of and more than the glory that comes from God. They valued their credit with men more than they valued their credit with God. We're human beings. This is flesh. We're human. We're all human. We all have a sinful nature. And sinful nature is not being taken away from us till we leave this life, whether by death or by rapture. It's not going to be taken away from us till then. And flesh is flesh. And flesh wants comfort, convenience. Flesh wants uh, to be accepted, approved, to be thought well of. Flesh wants all of that. So the question is, who do I want to think well of me? That's the question. Who do I want to praise me? Who do I want to honor me, man or God? We expanded translation says, For they deemed precious the good opinion of men rather than the good opinion of God. 
<laughs> this gets more difficult to read. The Bible in basic English says, For the praise of men was dearer to them than the approval of God. The Good News Translation says something similar. They loved human approval rather than the approval of God. Hear me, please, dear one. Hear me, hear me. I beg of you to hear me. You can be a faithful attender to church. You can dot all the I's and cross the T's of the right and wrong. You can be faithful your finances to the penny. You can be the most obedient and cooperative member of a church. Be a hypocrite because your motives are wrong. That's hard, isn't it? Hard to hear, but better to hear it than to be lost because we don't hear it. God, God, sees in here. And I've quoted many times, Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitful. Everybody's heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And the questions then ask, who can know it? And the Lord says, I, the Lord, search the hearts. I try the reins. He's the only one that knows my heart. And so the purpose of this teaching is to let the Lord speak through us by his spirit with his word to, to deal with us. There's other ways he can reveal my motive to me. And they're a lot more difficult to endure than hearing the word ministered by the Holy Ghost to me and shining light on my life by the word through his spirit. There's a lot more painful ways for him to reveal it to me. But as I've already prayed in previous lessons, Lord, whatever you got to do, don't hold back. Show me what I am. I need to know what I am because I can't praise you for who you are till I see I'm not you. <laughs> I'm not you. I can't earn your love. I can't earn your approval. I can only believe your word. I can only believe your word. I can only do your will. Praise God. Beware when we try to please the hypocrite. Beware when we try to please the hypocrite. Jesus said the Pharisees were hypocrites and the chief rulers were more afraid of the opinion of the hypocrites, the Pharisees, than they were of the opinion of, that God had of them. Beware. Beware. Now, Paul continues this, and it's, uh, <laughs> it doesn't really get any easier on the flesh. Galatians 1, 6 through 10 says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that calls you in the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And as we have, and as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Now all of that was done really gently, wasn't it? Oh, that was spoken with such kindness. Well, it was done with kindness and gentle, gentleness, but it seems harsh because it was spoken as truth. But then Paul responds to this. So obviously there was some attitude. Verse 10, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? 
For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Now, that's pretty strong language right there. The American New American Standard Version says of Galatians 1 and 10, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? That's, that's, in, that's his response to what he just said about, you know, if any, him or any angel from heaven preaching the gospel, people are cursed. And he said to people, I'm a marvel that you're so removed from the gospel. How, how do you put that again? You're so removed from him that called you un, into the grace of God unto another gospel. But that gospel is not another gospel, it's a perverted gospel. He said, am I seeking to please you or God? Because if I'm still trying to please men, I would not be the bond, the bond servant of Christ. The living Bible says it this way. You can see that I'm not trying to please you by sweet talk and flattery. No, I am trying to please God. If I were still trying to please men, I could not be the, be Christ's servant. Oh, I would that we would have a fresh revelation, a fresh outpouring from God of the knowledge and understanding upon every man of God, every minister of God, that they are not people's servants. They are God's servant. And after they have stood or have ministered the word in any setting, they have to answer to God. Is he pleased with what I said? Is he pleased with the way I said it? It's not what people think about what I've said or how I've said it. It's what he thinks. And if I'm standing there trying to minister to people as a conduit of God and hearing and repeating what he says, if I'm filtering it and altering it so that it's easier for people to hear and so they won't be so upset with me, I'm a hypocrite. My motives are wrong, and I'm not a servant of Christ. I'm not saying those things with a raised voice in anger. I'm saying those that with a raised voice in urgency. Out of urgency. Something has to happen to us that we understand this. We are not entertainers. We're not public speakers. We're conduit for conduits for God to speak. And for every child of God, the Lord, uh, the last series that I, I finished uh, was the spirit led evangelism. That'd be really good for you to watch. But the last one, I, I, every one of us is called to be a conduit for the Lord to speak to the lost. But if I'm so watering it down because I don't want them to dislike me, I don't want them to get angry with me, then I'm not speaking to them the truth and the truth that will save them. I've just condemned my own soul. Amplified Bible says, Now am I trying to win the favor of men or of God? Do I seek to please men? If I were still seeking popularity with men, I should not be a bond servant of Christ the Messiah. We says it this way. We should expand the translation of the New Testament. For am I at this present moment seeking to win the favor of men rather than the approval of God? Or am I making it my business to be constantly pleasing men? If I were still pleasing men, in that case, Christ, in that case, Christ, Christ bond slave, I would not be. 
How about the good news translation? The good news translation says, does this sound as if I'm trying to win human approval? <laughs> no, indeed. But what I am is God, what I want is God's approval. Am I trying to be popular with people? If I were still trying to do so, I would not be a servant of Christ. And then finally, the easy to read version says, now do you, do you think I'm trying to make people accept me? No, God is the one I'm trying to please. Am I trying to please people? If I wanted to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Dear one, brother, sister, whatever your place is in God, we're all called to be conduits of him. Are you being a conduit that he can trust? to say what he wants to say, not adding to it or taking away from it, not altering it. If he wants it said it kindly, you're not going to say it with anger. If he wants it said forcefully, you're not going to say it timidly. Can he trust us to do that? If he can't, what's really the problem? The reason he can't trust us is because we want to please people and not God. That's our problem. We want to please people, not God. And so Paul strongly admonished us against seeking glory from man. 1 Corinthians 3.21, he says, Therefore, let no man glory in men. Let no man glory in men. Let no man seek men's approval. For all things are yours. Ephesians 6, verses 5 through 8 says, Service, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and singleness of heart, as unto Christ. Not with eye service, as men pleasers, but as the service of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord, and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So no matter what my circumstances life in life is, I'm not working for people. No matter what my natural or spiritual job is, I'm not doing it for people. I'm doing it as a conduit of Christ to please him. When speaking of Jesus, a crowd that he spoke to acknowledged that Christ did not seek to please men, Matthew twenty two sixteen, And they sent out unto him their disciples with their the Herodians saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. The New International Version says it this way. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians Teacher, they said, we know you're a man of integrity, that you teach the way of God in accordance with truth. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. You don't alter your message depending on the audience. You preach the word without fear and favor. I want to be like Christ. I want Christ to minister like that through me. I want him to be able to say of me, I was able to do through you. I was able to say through you what I wanted to say, like the Spirit of God was able to say, speak through me faithfully. 
those who seek the glory of men. Those who seek the glory of men pray, excuse me, those who seek the glory of men's praise. Oh, wait, I'm not even reading it right. Sorry. I wrote this down, but here it is. Those who seek the glory of men praise men and give them glory. Those who seek the glory of men, those praise men and give them glory. If I want something from you, I give it to you because I'm expecting it back. That's not the love of God. As the people of God, as children of God, as sons of God, as the bride of Christ, as the church of the living God, as the body of Christ, we don't do for people what we can get out of them. That's wrong motive. If I'm ministering to you, loving for you, praying for you because of what you're going to do for me because I'm doing that, even if it's you thanking me, even if, if that's my motive to get thanked, to get acknowledged, even if that's my motive, even if that's, even if that's my motive, just you saying thank you for praying for me. Now, you may say thanks, but it can't be my motive that I pray so you would thank me. Because I had my reward. That's it. I know there's nothing else going to be done out of that. So those who seek the glory of men, praise men and give them glory. Luke 6, 26. Woe unto you, Jesus said, when all men speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. They praised the false prophets so the false prophets would prophesy to them what they wanted to hear. So if you're living in such a way, that everybody likes you and everybody speaks well of you. There's one that isn't. Jesus. He isn't. If everybody likes you and everybody thinks you're just a nice person, a great person, then there's one you're not pleasing. Him. Because he's going to require you to do things people aren't going to like. He's going to require you to say things, no matter how kindly you say them and how much love you say them with. It doesn't matter. No matter how much wisdom you use, use in saying them, people aren't going to like them. Paul's testimony of the purity of his motives in ministry is very clear. First Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1, For yourselves, brother, know, I, I, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit nor of uncleanness nor in guile, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth the hearts. We were entrusted with the gospel, and we've been faithful with that trust because we haven't spoken the gospel in a way to please men, but we've so spoken the gospel in a way for God to be pleased with how we've spoken it. Verse 5, For neither any time use we flattering words, as ye know, <laughs> nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others. When we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. What? What? Wow. What? 
plain, clear, definitive statement. I'm going to read it again, start with verse 4. Paul, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which tried hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness, which God is witness, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. We could have come in here throwing our weight around as apostles of Christ. And Paul identified himself as apostle and said it was by the will of God, by the grace of God, he was apostle. He could have gone in throwing his weight around. He didn't do it because he wasn't trying to intimidate people by an office title. He was trying to let God be God. He was trying to be dead in his life, hid with Christ and God. He said, verse 7, But we were gentle among you as a nurse cherished her children. We didn't use flattery. We didn't use covetousness. And we didn't see glory. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished of her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because we were you were dear unto us. For you remember, brother, how our labor and travail for laboring night and day, because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. Ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively, effectually worketh also in you that believe. So what was he saying? <laughs> he just said, we are hid, our lives are hid with, we are hid, uh, dead and our lives are hid with Christ and God because when we preached to you, you recognized that we weren't trying to please you. You recognized that we weren't trying to promote ourselves. But we spoke what God gave us to speak, and he gave it to you, and you recognized that God was talking to you, that it wasn't the voice of men or a man, but it was the voice of God. Well, here's the problem. Every honest-hearted person, every hungry soul for God knows when they hear God speaking to them through us and when we're speaking and it's not God. Everybody. So what does that mean? It means ultimately the only people we can impress, the only people we can win favor with and approval of from when we are, when our motive is to seek the praise of men are those that are not following God. The truth of our ministry is not in our words about ourselves but in the witness of God in using our ministries. 1 Corinthians 4, 18 through 20. Now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you, but I will come to you shortly if the Lord will. 
and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Use all the fancy words you want. But all you're proving is you're puffed up. Because ultimately, it's how God responds in moving upon people when and after you've preached that either says God spoke or God didn't speak. That's what happens. Now, I'm sitting here in a studio by myself speaking to the business end of a camera. I don't know how you're reacting. I don't know if you're angry with me or there's tears streaming down your face and you want to find a place to pray because the word of God has shined a light on you. But in this type communication, the disconnect is between our humanities, your humanity, my humanity, my humanity from your humanity. The connection can only be spiritual if there's any kind of connection there. That's why the Lord has called me to do this at this time in my life as the primary ministry, not my only ministry, but my primary ministry, because he has much to say, but he wants to say it. So my humanity is disconnected with yours, and yours is disconnected with mine, So from mine, so that the only connection we have is the connection of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, by the grace of God, I pray that for you and I, we will respond to the Holy Ghost and do the will of God and obey him that we might be able to seek to please him and him only, that we might become yielded, trustworthy conduits, that he can say and do anything he wants through us and know that we will not take his credit, we will not take his glory that we've only sought to please men, him and not men. In Jesus' name, amen.